Today on Locked on Rockies, do the Rockies have gaps in the farm system as a result of a year with not a ton of accolades? We'll talk about that, plus fond Rocktober memories. You are Locked on Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans, welcome into the Locked on Rockies podcast for today, the 17th day of October in the year 2023. I'm your host of the Locked on Rockies podcast, Paul Holden, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies talk right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, where you can find your team every day. And if your team is the Colorado Rockies, well, guess what? You're in the right spot because that's what we do around here each and every day is talk about the Colorado Rockies and we bring it to you as a video podcast as well on the Locked on Rockies YouTube channel where you can be part of the show. You can enjoy a wonderful Rockies podcast and lots, lots more with us here on this wonderful, wonderful little show. Today on the Locked on Rockies podcast, we are going to be talking about an interesting article uh, from Purple Row. We're also going to be talking about the 2007 NLCS because I saw some interesting tweets over the weekend that made me nostalgic. And uh, I don't know, we're just going to just wind it down with I, I, probably a recurring series uh, from from time to time. And it's just trying to remain positive, remain focused uh, here in the off season. It's uh, what do we want to see? Uh, that is uh, that is what what what's one hope that we have for the Rockies in 2024? We'll do that. All on today's show. Uh, Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. We really appreciate you checking us out here on the Locked on Rockies podcast. I am, of course, Paul Holden, your Rockies fan extraordinaire, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies talk right here on the Locked on Rockies podcast. Um, So I read an interesting piece over here on Purple Row, friend of the show, guest of the show, Evan Lang writes, the gulf between the upper and lower levels of the Rockies farm system. And this is from last week. And I wanted to dive into here because this is a big, it's a big question with the Rockies. It's a big part of what's next for the Rockies. And it's a big part of, whoa, this team, in fact, did has brought up and moved a lot of pieces throughout the farm system. And it's an interesting question, I think, uh, that needs to get asked here as we uh, approach the free agent market, trades, all sorts of things uh, as you're looking and what your thought processes, processes are with your uh, prospects and farm system. And I'm not going to read all of it. So you can dive more into it. Uh, but uh, here is what uh, I wanted to I wanted to start with here. Overall, the Rockies lower level affiliates took home 12 awards across both leagues, eight all-stars, two league MVPs, a league top prospect and a league manager of the year. When the postseason honors were released for double A and triple A affiliates, the amount of Rockies minor leaguers listed was a bit more sparse across both double A Hartford yard goats and the triple A Albuquerque isotopes, triple A Albuquerque isotopes. 
Man, they uh, it, it is a tongue twister, but it is fun to say. The Rockies had just two postseason All-Stars and no other award winners. Dives into some stats and some numbers from Coco Montez and Hunter Goodman. But again, reading from Evan Lang on Purple Row here. While congratulations are definitely due for the two All-Stars, the fact that there are only two of them helps, il- helps illustrate the current gulf between the lower and higher levels of the Rockies' farm system. Uh, and it's interesting i just to just to start there i think it is it it shows it's another reminder again of the trade deadline and another reminder of the of of everything it, it's kind of been a full everything's come come right to a head i think here the rockies have brought up a ton of players they they've brought up a ton of prospects they've moved a ton of prospects and you're looking at the point where those upper levels at one point were bright spots, certainly for the Rockies, but now they've had to rely so much on them and then pulled has have pulled so much, especially over the past year. And I'd say year and a half as well, even going back to uh, later in the season there in 2022. So it's not too surprising to me to hear and see that there there's the difference in terms of accolades and postseason and different numbers. And, and, I know those are kind of, it's a weird metric to look at, but it's just something that I keep in mind. And it's just one of those kind of like feel good stuff that makes you just feel a little bit more optimistic. And of course you win awards for performing well and doing good things. So winning a lot of awards across the, uh, you know, lower levels of your farm system are great. And you know, it is there a concern at the top level that, 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 that those players aren't there right now. Yes. But the Rockies also just fielded a season where they had a ton of rookies and they were bringing people up from AAA uh, pitchers, relief pitchers, catchers, utility up and down and designated for assignment and coming back and injuries. And I mean, there was so much movement going on within the farm system last year. It doesn't bring the warning signs, but I want to I want to keep I want to keep going back to uh, I want to go back to Evan's piece here. A little bit more. While congratulations are definitely due for the two All-Stars, the fact that there are only two of them helps illustrate the current gulf between the lower and high levels of the Rockies' farm system. The Isotopes did host a few excellent seasons this year from the aforementioned Coco Montez, as well as guys like Aaron Schunk, Jimmy Heron, and Hunter Stovall. However, the Topes still finished 14 games below 500 and missed out on the playoffs while using a team record 80 players throughout the season. That goes back to what I was saying. 80 players at the AAA level. That's uh, insane. And uh, here, and they were also <laughs> hampered by pitching. But I wanted to, to zoom forward a little bit more in the article because it goes in and dives into a little bit more of the struggles of from the minor leagues, or at least AAA there. But as of the end of the 2023 season, the isotopes of just three of the Rockies' top 30 prospects per MLB pipeline on the roster. Two of them, Joe Rock and Drew Roma, were promoted for the last week of the season, while only Aaron Schunk played the full year in Albuquerque. Uh, the yard goats have eight of the Rockies top 30 prospects on their roster, but much like the isotopes, the majority of them were late season promotions of the three that spent the bulk of their season in Hartford, Zach Veen and Gabriel Hughes both needed season ending surgery while Yankeel Fernandez struggled to find his footing at the higher level. The remaining 19 prospects are all spread out across rookie ball, low a and high a. So those numbers can, uh, you know, concern me a little bit when we're thinking about the pipeline, uh, especially the the differences there. But 
Evan goes on to point this out, and, and I agree with him here, is uh, the bright side is that over the course of the next season, we'll begin to see things balance out across all levels of minor league ball for the Rockies. So that means next year, it's going to be, you know, allowing Zach Veen to rehab and be ready and, and make his appearance at the right part of the season instead of having to hope that he's going to be more re- MLB ready. I'm okay with him getting a little bit more time and and being a part of Hartford for a little bit and taking more time to make sure that he gets fully healthy. And it seems like with the late season call-ups for the Rockies at the minor league levels, these teams are getting some boosts and the, the, the top 30 is being sprinkled out throughout these teams a little bit more that should hopefully allow them to perform a little bit better because we've seen the Rockies have some, uh, some success at the minor league level when it comes to, to the postseason as well. But when, when I, I look at this, I, I kind of think that the, the, the gulfs are there but even Evan points this out as he when he concludes his piece is that it, it, the things are going to uh, to be closing, and uh, but he it's going to be really interesting. Uh, why? Because again, this gulf and these concerns, and and when you look at things like this, it provide it, it it again raises the question mark of trade deadline and trades for the Rockies. We'll keep to, uh, we'll, we'll we'll finish our thoughts, we'll close it up on on that and then we'll also have a little bit of uh let's let's sit back and bask in the glory of the one amazing season for the Rockies. There's been other good ones, but I'm saying the amazing season. That was 2007 uh, after a post uh, that I saw here on Twitter. Uh we will do that coming up in segment number 2. But before we do that, I got to tell you about my literally my favorite shorts and maybe my favorite thing uh new thing. You know, I mean when you you look at all of these, especially you get so many ads online, you get so many things presented to you that they're the latest and greatest and this when it comes to shorts, I'm a little picky. I'm a huge comfort over style guy and Bird Dogs has come in and now merged my worlds together. I got great-looking shorts and a nice great pair of joggers as well from Bird Dogs, and they also feel great because, you know, I, I, I got these big meaty thighs, and it's just I need shorts. They just It's just how I operate, and they fit great. They look great, and on top of it, they are good for any occasion. You can go out to – I go from work out to the bowling alley to the bar – Anything, those bird dogs are perfect for the occasion, and you're going to look great. One of the uh, nice secret extra add-ons that I love about bird dogs, zipper pockets. and they uh, it's, it's a small thing, but I'm telling you, great pockets make a difference, and bird dogs have great pockets. So you can go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, and I got that. Uh, I'll put that up here right on the screen for you here on the youtube side don't miss out get that free water bottle when you go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb use promo code locked on mlb and get that free water bottle with any purchase it is going to change the shorts game for you you'll not never want to take your bird dogs off we promise you this is the Locked On Rockies podcast for free and streaming on your favorite streaming service, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find your team every day. And if your team is the Colorado Rockies, ho, 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 great news for you. You're in the right spot because that's what we do each and every day is talk about the Colorado Rockies on 
YouTube as well. You can be part of the show. You can tell me what you are thinking about the Colorado Rockies, your offseason thoughts, where you want this team to go, how am I doing, X, Y, Z, water break. Check it out, Unlocked on Rockies on YouTube. But anyway, we were reading from Evan Lang there uh, from Purple Row in segment number one about the gaps between the farms in, in between the farm systems for the Rockies with it being a little bottom heavy versus top heavy but things are going to smooth out some again those numbers aren't the most equal but when you're talking about top 30 prospects but again it's 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 going it just that storyline will continue as the Rockies get closer to the trade deadline and the Rockies how the Rockies are doing next year I mean if they're the stalwart, upstart, young, exciting team that somehow catches fire and can play some consistent baseball and, and, and hang in there and be at the trade deadline and maybe be buyers, that, that, that changes things. But it's, it, the, the continued narrative, and I, and I don't like pushing it too much because it worries me, but it just, it's just I, one of the big infielders is, is going to get moved. I, I if if the Rockies season isn't going well, because because again, how do you close that gap? If I'm the Rockies, I'm trading for double A talent right now at the minimum. I think double A pitching talent at the minimum needs to be the where, you, where what the Rockies approach and philosophy for young guys is. I like you, you like we were talking about. You're pretty built up down at the bottom levels right now. You got a pretty good spread of players in the uh, in the lower levels. It's time to restock the ranks here with a little bit more pitching talent. And the best way to do that is going to be through trades. Now, I don't think, as we talked about, none of these moves are going to happen before the trade deadline. But when we look at these gulfs and when we look at the, you know, the, the gaps there, the quickest way to address that is going to be through the trade. So I think the Rockies uh, are going to be more interested in exploring that. Now, this last trade deadline was an interesting one because they had a lot of expiring veteran contracts and people that that it kind of made total sense to move on from. It gets a little bit more complicated when you're trading a a Ryan McMahon, a Brendan Rodgers, you know, a a player of that caliber. A Charlie Blackman? I don't really want to say. I don't really think that's going to happen. But team, rental, Making a run, lead off bat, couple of prospects. It's 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 certainly at least something the Rockies are going to have on their minds. I don't think it'll. I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting uh, to uh, to see what the Rockies' approach to the trade deadline will be this year and and where the Rockies are at. I mean. Because it's just it's it's how much do we really believe in the ceiling for the team? And I just we 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 just watched 103 losses. Granted, two different teams, two different points of the season, but I, I with the with the with the depth the depth issues with the rotation uh, amidst a, 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 a lackluster offense. I just I just don't have a lot of faith in the in in it being big steps forward for the Rockies next year. Steps forward, yes. Big ones. We'll see. And if they are big ones, that's a bonus. That's great. Okay. Um so let's 
I, I saw this online the other day from MLB Network over the weekend, and it was uh, talking about uh, how the last time uh, the Diamondbacks were in the NLCS, it was the Game 1 of 2007, and I was just looking at this roster. And I just remember being at Game 4, and I just remember, I mean, I've been very caught up in the pageantry of the home field advantage of the Phillies. I've said it a, a couple of times throughout there, but like, I'm so obsessed with it because Rocktober and how it swept over everything in my life during that time. And, and it wasn't just because I was pumped about the Rockies. I mean, but it, it was everybody. It was watching the Rockies in school. It was X, Y, Z. I mean, there was, there's a million examples that I could point to of, of how Rocktober took over everyone's life. And that's what it looks like happens every time in Philly. And, it, and Philly goes to the playoffs every, you know, very frequently. But they still have, they, they still really believe in that home field advantage and bonus in October. And I think that's a great thing because, man, I just, I just, when I hear these names, and, and again, these names, not a lot of these names knock your socks off, but you, you, you have a, a, a positive association and they just make you smile. Because this team, this ragtag team of Rockies players made one of the greatest runs in baseball history that unfortunately were swept away. But to just make it to the World Series was massive. This is Willie Tavares in center, Kaz Matsui at second, Matt Holliday in left, Todd Helton, Garrett Atkins, Brad Hopp, Troy Tulowitzki, Yorvi Torrealba, Jeff Francis sweeping away. The Diamondbacks, and I remember just being at Coors Field, man, and and, and that's what it's it's the it's the curse and everything. It's holding on to these emotions and the feelings and all that stuff of that moment. But that's what I crave, man. And the Rockies are so likable in that way of when they're good. You can just like point to some interesting factors. You can just point to just these interesting players and just this team that just makes it happen. And 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 through their postseason history, it's been scrappy and a wild card play. And man, I, I just think it's 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 one of the sports stories that the ending ruins the story. I mean, it's it's just so improbable what the Rockies did in 2007. They had no business, and they had no, I mean, and the format haters, oh, man, they should be the biggest, I mean, they should be looking at, at the Rockies and Rocktober and all that stuff and, and, you know, saying, hey, look at their rest, look at that. <laughs> I know that's a bad example, but I'm just saying. My point is, when the playoffs happen for the Rockies, it's the amount of special it can be is 2007. I mean, it can take over the state. It can be the bigger story than the Broncos. It could be the bigger story than the Nuggets or the Avs. If we're talking in nowadays picture. <laughs> Because 
we've only seen the one example because every other run has been short. <laughs> Wild card, except for uh, the first one. But the, the ones I, I really remember. And the magic is there. And if this team could consistently do... If this team could be a consistent winner, I think it the home field playoff advantage would rival Philly. Cold, coors, loud, who knows what the weather might be. That's where you just I mean that's the romanticized that's the uh, that's the romanticized version of Rockies baseball I have in my head because I just want to go back to how awesome it felt being in the stands watching Todd Helton lift his arms into the air and to watch the the Rockies cruise the Rockies win the Rockies be not the butt of a joke and to be in the crowd and be at home man It'll, it, I don't, it'll be watching them win it in person will be the only Rockies moment that tops that easy man it, it was just it was uh it's it, the the potential that's what gets uh me so frustrated about the Rockies is the potential. Now I'm watching a highlight of Willie Tavares getting the RBI walk in the top of the 11th to drive in a run. Speaking of the Phillies, on October 12th, that's when the Rockies took down the Phillies in 2007. DNVR uh, goes back, er, has great clips on their Twitter. That's They, they were a big reason that spawned this. I mean, you know. When you only have that one magical run, you got to lean into it. It's always nostalgic for guys like me. <laughs> You'll always love it. I'll never not be pumped to watch 2007 Colorado Rockies highlights. But uh, it was really cool to see that. It's been really cool to see how big of a role baseball plays in a town. And I think the Rockies could be, I think the Rockies could be there, but the Rockies have to earn that first. So, I don't know. That's my thought. That's my thought process there uh, in in uh, about 2007. Let me know what you think about 2007 or uh, your thoughts on Rocktober. I think it, it, it does, there's like a Netflix show that was like talking about like runners up or people that famously lost. I think the Rockies would like be a perfect documentary, a perfect, a perfect example for that because they were so good to get to where they were. Ugh. One of the most underappreciated sports stories of all time. And I will die on that hill. All right. Um, I want to just uh, kind of, again, focus on something that I want to see in 24. Simple, easy, it's, you know, just my, my me personally, what I want to see in 2024 for the Rockies. And uh, just just something to do from time to time where it's it's, I don't want this to be a super negative take. I want this to be, there's something I think can be some progress here. 
And we'll talk about that coming up here in 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 twenty. I was gonna say twenty twenty four. We will talk about the Rockies' offense in twenty twenty four. But we're gonna go to segment number three to talk about what we were gonna talk about. But before we get to segment number three, I want to tell you about FanDuel. October baseball is back, and FanDuel's got you covered. They got you covered for all the play, uh, football action as well, basketball, whatever you need. FanDuel has got you covered. Why? Well, because they're America's number one sports book, so you can make your postseason debut. When you join FanDuel today, you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on all the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. This is the Locked On Rockies podcast for free and streaming on your favorite streaming services. We're also on the Locked On Rockies YouTube channel where you can be part of the show by posting your comments in the comment section, letting me know what your thoughts are about the Colorado Rockies. And your subscription to Locked On Rockies is uh, the best way to help the show grow. And I really, really appreciate it. And I give you a virtual uh, knuckle bump every time you do it. Okay. Um, the one thing I one thing I want to see in 2024 is a step forward across the board in professional at-bats. As we've talked about throughout this postseason, I just think when we're looking at the level of talent and we're looking at the, the abilities and some of the strengths of these teams, it is evident that they just, they're seeing the pitches better than the Rockies. They're taking a better approach to uh, against pitchers than the Rockies and they're able to capitalize on mistakes better and do more damage overall and I know that's a pretty lofty claim and, and the Rockies win a lot of rookies but that's what I'm saying I want to see in the first part of the season I want to see the Rockies set trends better trends is it do I still expect this team to strike out a lot I do but more walks more of a point where they're able to go and uh, get on base and create and, and just generate more run scoring opportunities for them. I want them to, I, and I want the new coach, the hitting coach. I want Bam Bam to establish a little bit more of a presence and, and establish a little bit more of a force within this Rockies lineup. It, it, it's something that I think has to be kind of step one to addressing and and working on and getting better this offseason is the offense because the offense is going to have to win the ugly games for the pitching staff. For this team to win ball games, it's going to have to come with the uh, in, in the moments where you can out-hit and uh, out-slug your opponent. So I really want the to, the Rockies to be able to take those flashes of offense we've seen and including uh, some uh, led and led by the young guys be able to uh to take steps forward across the board but i really but to fine tune that even more i just want them to be better at pick at pitch selection and be a better at drawing walks and striking out less or even just getting or building out counts and and it's not just the young guys i want the across the board for the rockies looking at you ryan mcmahon especially 
too many moments were too many opportunities were lost with the Rockies when it came down to runners in scoring positions and strikeouts. They need to at least put the ball in play and put themselves in better situations mentally or approach wise to go up to have better at bats. Too many ugly at bats in crucial situations for the Colorado Rockies in 2023. That's the one that's one thing I want to see from the team in 2024 what do you want to see from the team in 2024 let me know tell me what your thoughts are and uh folks that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on rockies thank you so much for joining us here for another episode here on the locked on podcast network you can also find us on the locked on rockies youtube channel where you can be part of the show by dropping out your rockies hot takes in the comment section below and for your second listen of the day there's lots of Colorado sports coverage for you here on the Locked On Podcast Network, including the Locked On Broncos, Locked On Buffs, Locked On Nuggets, and Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Avalanche are uh, well underway. Season's underway. Don't miss out on all the Avalanche coverage there with Locked On Avs. Check it out and all the other great podcasts available to you on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until next time, I'm Paul Holden saying so long from the Locked On Rockies Podcast.